Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, April 19th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And today, he's the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Coach. Thank you so much, Andrew. I am. Uh, I really appreciate it. And all the members and, and different folks uh, shooting me messages here uh, this morning. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, uh, definitely excited about the day. And what I want to do, Andrew, is follow your lead from your birthday and try to take down some big, big stuff like you did. So hopefully we'll uh, do that tonight and uh, all get to celebrate uh, just like we did on your birthday. That certainly works. Yeah, there's been a lot of fun stuff in Discord this this morning already with our members wish, <laughs> wishing you happy birthday. And I think what you said is that you wanted to outdo me by a dollar. So we'll all be I fine did. with that if you, if you go ahead and do that. And, uh, you know, I, I really certainly benefited from the positive vibes in our community and from you last Monday. So it's our turn to, re you know, return the favor. So that's I'm right. I'm in full support of that. 2001, right? There we go. That's it. That's a, it's a low bar to reach. You can do it. I know you can. I can do it. I'm going for it. All right. Well, we got nine games to choose yeah. from tonight and only four teams involved in a back-to-back. -back. They're all back-to-backs. No front ends tonight. Two totals right. over 230. And just one game at 7 o'clock to get us going. That's going to be Cleveland in Detroit. And it's right. a 212 and a half total. Cleveland favored by three and a half. Lots of injury news here, Coach, to get us started. We've got Nance, Dotson, and Windler out for Cleveland. And on Detroit, they've got most of the A-team sitting. Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Magruder, Dumboya, Ellington, Dennis Smith Jr., and Corey Joseph. So we, wow. might, ha we might have some value in this one, even though it's a low total. I'll tell you what, man. I first of all, it's unbelievable to me, you know, and digging in this weekend as well. It was like I can't believe how many guys are out for these teams. I mean, it's I think what the coaches have decided on most of these teams, Andrew, is because of this compressed NBA schedule, trying to jam in 72 games, make up a bunch of COVID games, that teams are just giving their, you know, their guys a, a night off and leaving it to the second squad to get it done. So between that, the guys that are really hurt and the guys that are having COVID issues, I mean, it's I've never seen this much player movement in the NBA for putting together DFS rosters uh, in the six years I've done this. Have you? No, this has to be unprecedented. It, it really is. And, you know, it's, it, it's not all that bad, though. I mean, I know it makes a lot more work and there's a lot more – uh, news down to the wire and you got to switch lineups and hustle. But you know what? It gives us the edge that we're looking for because people that don't have the time, they can't put in, you know, the grinded out work to get the right lineups together. Uh, it's got to be rough on them. And, you know, we're blessed enough to be able to do this throughout the day, keep an eye on discord, see all the news. And uh, I think it gives us a leg up. So, I'm excited, and it's you know this is a perfect example in Game One, um, where you've got Cleveland at 20 and 36 against Detroit at 17 and 40. Uh, today, what I want to do is just throw the probable lineups out to you real quick because of all these changes. Since you're uh, giving all the the layout of the game on the front side, so right now Cleveland with Garland, Sexton, Okora, Love, and Allen actually have a pretty uh, you know, nice team that they normally play. Very few teams are able to throw their regular five out. And, uh, you know, all of those guys have missed pretty much at different times other than Okoro. So I don't, I don't think that's a bad squad. And then uh, right now they've got it listed as Lee Jackson, Jackson, double Jackson, Frank and Josh, Sadiq Bay and Stewart. Uh, and you know our affinity for Stewart. He's yes. such a tough, scrambling guy, man. He plays so hard. We've been uh, yelling from the rooftops for him here for like a month. So uh, let's just start with him. I mean, I think that he is a great play at his price. We know that Jared Allen, even though he has a good reputation of being a shot blocker, etc., he gets stung by by centers quite a bit. And you know, Stewart's hustle and strength. I mean, he's he's a young kid. He's like 19 or 20, but he's strong. And uh, I think that gives Allen a little bit of trouble. So Stewart, very high on my radar, big time. Uh, 
Um, another guy for Detroit that seems to be taking a ton of shots and getting a bunch of minutes is Frank Jackson. And so I've got to bring Frank up just because of his price. And, you know, if, if you're going to get that many minutes and get that many touches and that many shots up, I think that uh, it's definitely worth a mention. So for a, a value, you, you could go to a couple of these Detroit guys in a heartbeat. And uh, I think you'll see a lot of Pistons making people's lineups tonight. On the Cleveland side, you know, I I don't trust the Kevin Love situation. There are games where he does play some extended minutes and does very well, but it's it's just hit or miss. And he seems to be floating more in the mid-20s max and just shifting around, but it's too much of a risk at, at, even though his price isn't bad at all. So I'm not going to go there. Uh, really, it, it always comes down to the Cleveland backcourt for me. Sexton and Garland and generally if one of them sits the other one makes my lineup it's one of those two uh two guy duos that I think you know one needs the other kind of thing but I do think Sexton is much stronger than Garland I think he's an all-star level player at some point in his career and the fact that Detroit is just so decimated uh by guys sitting defensively they're not you know, they don't have any of their studs uh, whatsoever. And they do have some guys that can defend Detroit. So, you know, Sexton is a payup. He is a lot more expensive. I think a lot of people may look at he and Garland, see that big price difference and lean towards Garland. But I like Sexton. I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, this game I understand is going to be lower scoring. It's not going to be the biggest pace in the world. But I'm not afraid to put Sexton in there because there's so much value that you can plug in spots. And I think he'll go pretty low owned. So, you know, I could come out of here with uh, two key uh, pieces of my lineup with Sexton and Stewart. And if I need additional value, uh, may look at uh, Frank Jackson. So what do you think? Yeah, I like Stewart. I mean, you got to start there. I agree. He's had two big double doubles lately. Just yeah. an awesome opportunity here as a starter. Good price. You could go with one of the Jacksons. Josh is a real boomer bust guy, so more he of a is. GPP option. And then we'll see about the starting lineups. If Killian Hayes starts again, I'll look at him in the 3K range. He did great in his last start. Yeah. Uh, so I like that option as well. Yeah, and he and Lee have sort of been splitting starts in the last few games. So like you said, we need to keep our eye on that. Exactly. And then with Cleveland... I could look at one of those guards, Garland or Sexton, and take advantage of this below-average defense. And then Kevin Love is a GPP-only option for me. He did get 30 minutes and 15 shots last game, yeah. but 10, th- 10 three-pointers. And so you get you know boomer bust if, if he's hot shooting. Uh, I do like that Nance is out, so I would think he would get 30 minutes again. But, I would hope so. You know, you can't guarantee it. Uh, with all these teams trying to lose games. Uh, and, and his price is more of a mid-tier. Uh, and I think you can go stars and scrubs on this uh, slate because there's a lot of value. So some of these mid-tier guys are probably going to miss out on my primary lineup because of that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it seems like we're forced to do stars and scrubs almost every day, you know? Lots of value, lots of news. And we've got a bunch of it here in the next game. Chicago and Boston, 7.30 tip, 218.5 total. Boston favored by five and a half. And we have Zach Levine out, of course, for Chicago. And on the Boston side, how about this? We've got Kemba and Jalen Brown questionable with an illness. We have Robert Williams and Evan Fournier already ruled out. And Tatum has a probable tag with with his ankle. Um, Crazy. Let's see what happens to to the Boston starting lineup. Um, Tatum was just terrific against Golden State, 44 yeah. and 10. What a back and forth in that game. Uh, and he finished the game, so I would think he would play. Yeah. Uh, expensive to, to go there, but he might get a ton of shots if Kemba and Jalen are out. Um, Peyton Pritchard is a guy to keep an eye on here. Uh, if both Brown and, and Kemba are out, Maybe he gets the start. But there's a handful of, of cheap guards today, Coach, so he's probably not my favorite option. Um, Tristan Thompson, a value center. Um, how about Jabari Parker? Let's mention him. 
That's out of made nowhere. His, made his appearance <laughs> for the Celtics, got 16 minutes, five of six from the field, looked pretty good. Yeah. And he's from Chicago, former team here. Interesting little matchup. Yeah. Uh, again, if we get multiple absences, then uh, Parker could get a bump in minutes. On the Chicago side, Kobe White has really stepped up with Levine out. So he's a value center, a value point guard that he I like today. He's a center. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tice uh, going against his uh, former team here, coming back to Boston. Yes. And yeah. he just slipped into the starting lineup, which I think is noteworthy. Got 23 minutes. And what they've done now is they've split minutes between Tice and Laurie Markinen. And they've yeah. moved Thad Young to be the backup to Vucevic. He only got 15 minutes last game. Vuce had the 33. So Thad Young falling out of favor for me. And I, That surprises me, yeah. man. I, that guy is good. He is. He's terrific. Uh, points yeah. per minute guy. So uh, you could go with a value guy here on Chicago with Kobe White or Tice. And we just have to keep an eye on that starting lineup for Boston. Um, maybe Thompson, maybe Pritchard, but I don't like the Celtics value guys quite as much as Chicago. Yeah, I mean, this this is going to be a game we need the news. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Boston can look 100% different based on how this all shakes out. And uh, great job, you know, explaining it all. But what it, what it really is, is there's tons of moving pieces uh, and we need to see how that falls out because if there's only one stud or two studs that are in there, if it's just, for example, Tatum and Smart and then a bunch of subs, basically. And I, you know, I don't really consider Tristan Thompson super uh, playable as a starting center just because you know, he's just not points driven at all. He will rebound the heck out of the ball, but he's just not one of my uh, high consideration guys. So if it does come down to that usage aspect and we got all these backups in there, if it's, you know, uh, guys like Ojale and, and uh, you know, who knows who could be in there. If it is Pritchard, uh, Water, don't they have Water still yeah, deep Grant, on their Grant bench? Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Those None of those guys really score no. that much. So in the scenario like that, I mean, it. I don't have any problem going with the double dip on Chicago, if it's two studs left standing like a smart and Tatum, I think you go there because Chicago's defense isn't great. And, you know, I think it, it is a good spot for them. Now, again, is is Tatum with the with a sore ankle worth, you know, top dollar like that? Um, it's you know, that's within question, but he could he could bust the bank again uh, tonight. So let's follow the Boston news. I could literally go with two guys that are fairly expensive here to nobody uh, based on who sits on the Chicago side. I'm with you on Kobe. Kobe's stepped up for me uh, at his price. He's sort of taken the reins uh, scoring the ball with Levine out, uh, getting additional shots up. Uh, you know, I, I love the narrative with Daniel Tice against his old squad. I think he'll do great, but on a nine-game slate, the question is, can you afford to to roster a 22 to maybe 25-minute Daniel Tice? I mean, it's a little bit – he's going to have to really bust bust it up to to uh, make it worthwhile. So not 100% uh, sure I'll go there, although I do love the narrative. Um, Patrick Williams is, stays extremely cheap. He had another – game where he went like six, seven X. I mean, he, you're never going to get him blowing through the roof, but a late value spot, especially if Boston's uh, defense is depleted with all the guys out, might not be a bad, uh, a bad shot. Not going to spend up for Vuk in this lower scoring game. Uh, you know, I, I respect Thompson's defense and, and I think they'll, they'll try to put uh, the clamps on him a bit. So for me, really, it's it's a, a strong consideration for Kobe and then maybe a couple Boston guys, depending on how this news uh, pans out. So this could end up being an important game or almost a complete pass game. Okay. Game three, we have another 7.30 tip. Golden State in Philly. First ESPN game, 225.5 total. Philly favored by nine. And this is the battle of the Curry brothers, but they might both be out. Steph, questionable with the ankle. Seth, questionable with the hip. We also have Oubre, questionable. 
We have yeah. Juan Toscano Anderson out with the concussion protocol after that dive over the scorer's table oh in Boston. Oh, gosh. That was crazy, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, was. it It looked a little scary, too. <laughs> I'm glad it's... Uh, you know, he got up and walked off on his on his own power. I love that kid. I hope they give him a, a contract worth something, you know? Yeah. He and deserves it. On the Philly side, we also have Dwight Howard questionable, Tobias Harris questionable, and Good George Lord. Hill questionable. He might make his debut for Philly. So some more well, moving Other than parts that, here. it's super clear, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> what do you have on this one? Uh, a couple of Advil and wait for some news, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, I know that's the theme, but some of these early teams, it's really the theme. But the good thing is, you know, Andrew, it's these early games that, that we need all that news. We should get the majority of it before lock. So it's not like you have to save and swap a bunch of spots. But if there's ever a night that you really do have to plan ahead and have some pivots available and then watch in Discord for all the news, I mean, it's an important night to do that. Um, I don't think Steph plays in my book. That ankle looked pretty rough. He I was agree. really limping, and they protect him that way, and they should. So I'd be shocked if he if he took the floor. So, you know, Philly's defense still is going to be intact. Yep. And so number two in uh, the league. Yeah. And, you know, and when you have Simmons, Green, and Bead out there, and then, you know, uh, guys like Thibel, I mean, that, that's a hell of a defense. So, I'm not going to push the envelope and try to pull, you know, in the guys that are going to pick up the usage from Curry if he's out. You'll see a lot of people rostering Wiggins and Draymond Green. I just I don't feel comfortable with it in this game. I think Philly still can put the clamps on them and those guys aren't cheap. So it's going to be a complete pass for me on Golden State with Philly. I think, you know, it's it's interesting here. You know, Tobias uh, news is going to be very important because, you know, if he plays, uh, then, it, it, you know, the usage isn't affected that severely at all. But if he sits, there definitely is an instant bump uh, to Simmons and Beat. Now that, and they're both very expensive. You know, that's an issue right there. Um, you know, can Kevon Looney and, you know, some of the bigs from Golden State hold Embiid in check? I don't think so. I mean, you know, Embiid to me seems like the best pay-up center on the slate. And generally, I'm either all in or, or all out with Embiid. And the question is, for me, and this is what I need your input on, I like Joel Embiid. I'm not afraid to pay up for him. I think he'll smash tonight. But can Golden State, without Curry, this is assuming he doesn't play, can they keep the game close enough that I'm going to get enough run and not have to sit there and uh, swear at my TV when he sits the fourth quarter? I am concerned that they will not be able to keep it close. Okay. And it It's risky to predict blowouts these days in the NBA, but this There's... is one that jumps out at me as I just don't know if Golden State has it because they gave a great effort against Boston. Steph exactly. was otherworldly with 47 points, 11 three-pointers. I was yeah. surprised he finished that game after he turned that ankle so severely. I was so shocked. Yeah. But I mean, what a warrior! Uh, no pun intended. And and what a yeah. What a joy to watch he and Draymond. And I think, assuming he sits, you know, then you really have to wonder: does Draymond kind of lose interest without his buddy out there? And then yeah. it's all eyes on trying to shut down Wiggins and Poole. Um, and I don't think they can stop Embiid. So I agree; it might just be. Embiid watching from the from the bench in the fourth quarter, so I'm I'm nervous about paying yeah. out for him, even though I think he could be dominant. I I think Wiggins and Poole are worth looking at if Steph is out. It's it is very tough defensive matchup, um, but they're going to get a ton of shots. So this is yeah. uh this is going to be an interesting game. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I've got the jury's out because my fear that he doesn't get the full minutes, but man, he should smash when he's in there. I I'm still. Embiid's definitely my player pull. I'm not going to say lock and load because of the thoughts that you know you just shared. Uh, I will say the guy that I didn't mention on Golden State though that that is still in my player pool is is pool. How's that? In yeah, the player pool because he's you know he's stepped up every time Curry's out. I mean he's played great basketball and his price is really good. So uh, pulls in play. Embiid, I, I still you know I'm going to be on the fence there. I think. Uh, you know, the question will be on the ownership side. So, you know, is it is it worth 
getting him beat if he's low owned, you know, to have that type of uh, edge there might be worth it. Or, uh, you know, if he does garner some uh, ownership, maybe the fade is in place considering the possibility of uh, the blowout. But yeah, definitely a tough one, but maybe a very important decision to be made there. Okay. We move to eight o'clock and we go to Indiana as the Spurs are going to take on the Pacers. Nice high total here of 232. San, yeah. San Antonio favored by one. And for news, we have Trey Lyles out. Key guys for uh, San Antonio back in that rested against Phoenix. And then with Indiana, we have Doug McDermott, questionable. He did not play last night in the in the loss to Atlanta. Now, when these two teams played before, Coach, it was really high scoring. It was in the 130s. And it was wow. an overtime game, but at the end of regulation, it was 126-126. So I think this higher total is justified. <clears throat> we have Indiana now sixth in pace. We've got middle-of-the-road defenses and, and middle-of-the-road offenses, but lots of talent here. And like I said, the San Antonio guys are rested. So on a in, in a rare situation here, they're they're in play for me. You know, okay. I think you could go to somebody like DeRozan. Uh, you could go to somebody like DeJounte Murray. They're decent prices. Uh, on the Indiana side, interesting in that in that first matchup, Brogdon and Sabonis did not play. And nobody really smashed for Indiana. It was pretty balanced, actually, on both sides. But Levert was, was solid. Uh, T.J. McConnell did his thing. Uh, all those guys are, are fair price tags. So really, it's, it's interesting for me because I think any of them could exceed value a little bit. Nobody jumps out as as a must play, even though I think it's a good game environment. But I, if I had to pick somebody, I'd probably go with DeMar DeRozan from this game, uh, who's who should be rested and ready to go. Yeah, this this is a real interesting game. I mean, I'm not really confident that it it scores the kind of numbers that, that the last game did. It just that seemed to be a bit of a an outlier uh, for the way that these two teams play. Now I know Indiana pushes the ball more now, but you're still going to have, you know, some, some defense, you're going to have some half court sets and uh, you know, just, this isn't my favorite game. Uh, one thing I'm going to do though, Andrew, as my birthday present to myself, okay, I have decided not to, to play any spurs oh, okay. so that I don't smart. get myself so agitated. Very smart. <laughs> So, Coach Pop, thank you for my birthday <laughs> present. I pass. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it really is hard to figure out the Spurs, man. It really is night to night. It's just, you never know. It's it's guys off the bench. It's it's guys, you know, in the game, get minutes. And, you know, they do have, a, a, now that most of their guys are back, they have a decent rotation of guys coming off the bench. You know, the Gays and Eubanks and, and uh, you know, etc. With uh, Mills and Walker, absolutely. Yeah. And those guys can be high scorer for the game as well. So I, you know, taking a Spurs guy in a in, with a ten man rotation, no thanks. So gonna just look past it quickly there. And on the Indiana side, you know, Karis Levert has been so good and just really is the leader of that team in my opinion. I know Brogdon's the handles the ball and runs the show and he's, you know, a vet now. And then Sabonis, of course, inside is, is their all-star, but it seems like big buckets, clutch situations and closer games, uh, Levert, it takes the big shots. So, uh, I know his price is, is the up there, but it's still not in that upper echelon of players. So Levert's still in play for me here. I think he can do uh, well enough to to uh, pay his value and then some. Um, you know, Sabonis is always a possibility for me. I just, it seems like more and more time goes on. We always used to roster Brogdon and Sabonis a ton. I mean, Sabonis was one of my highest uh, owned guys the first probably 15, 20 games of the season. But then, you know, you have this maturation of Levert once he got in there and got his feet steady, and it really took away from those other guys. And, you know, the spotlight became more on him. So they really haven't completely adjusted Sabonis' price to where it needs to be. I know it's lower than it was. Brogdon's went down dramatically. Now it's drifted back up a little bit. 
So, you know, I, I'm not comfortable going with those uh, other pay-up spots where there's so many good uh, opportunities on this slate. Uh, so Levert really could be the one-off from this game that has my best interest, and I think, uh, you know, it sets up for a good game for him. I like it. All right, well, let's see about this next 8 o'clock game. Houston and Miami, 216.5 total. Yeah. 9.5 point favorites, uh, the Heat for the Heat. And both of these teams are on back-to-backs. Houston yeah. with a win uh, right up the road in Orlando. Uh, they have Sterling Brown still out. John Wall should be back out there after he rested last night. And then with Miami... Oladipo still out of course, and Jimmy Butler questionable. He did not play yesterday in that uh, that win over Brooklyn. How about a, the buzzer beater from Bam? Unbelievable uh, to get Miami one game over five hundred. But um, now we've got this low total. We've got the slow pace of Miami. Their their great defense. Both teams struggling offensively. Uh, any interest in this one? You know, I I'm not crazy about this game. You know, there's a couple of things though. If Butler plays. You know, that solidifies he's the anchor of that defense. So it, it, you know, gives a completely different shape to the game. If he doesn't play, it lessens their D a little bit. And then all of that, you know, uh, playmaking and everything that he does for that team gets spread around a little bit. But it that's the exact point. It doesn't really shift to anybody. You know, it's a little bit of none, a little bit of drag. It's a little bit of hero. A few more shots for Robinson you know, um, maybe a few more spot-ups for Ariza and even a little more in the paint for, for Bam. So, yes, Miami's team is coming together. They're, there's got some depth and some veterans, but they're not as as uh, quality of a DFS uh, target as much as they used to be because their defense, their slower pace, and, you know, it, it just doesn't create as many opportunities. Houston, you know, it, it's pretty simple for me anymore. When John Wall plays it becomes tougher because he is so ball dominant that you want to give him a run, but he does have Porter, Olenek, and Wood, who are all three very important pieces of that offense and have created, at least they're playing competitive, decent basketball now, not just getting killed. And But when Wall sits, it's so much easier to zone in on Porter, Olenek, and Wood and play a couple of those guys. But when he plays, now you're talking about you know, somebody of that team could definitely throw up a dud. Uh, you've got Wood, who's extremely expensive. He's awesome. But he and Bam, you talk about Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. you got two guys that can are agile, that can play all over the court for centers. So that's sort of a, a dual elimination for me. I know everybody's going to go bonkers with the Olenek narrative going, you know, against Miami, the team that he was a big part of getting to the finals last year. He's certainly going to have a ton of motivation here. And normally, I'm a narrative guy, and I dive all over it. But I'm not as crazy about it today. And the reason being, the the wall factor, I don't think Olenek gets up nearly as many shots. And the second piece of that is the Ariza factor. Trevor Ariza is, is a damn good player. People don't realize he is one of the better 3 and D guys still in this league. And I think he does a great job against Olenek. Bam's going to have an eyeball on him as well. And as much as I like him, and and I, I get it if you're going to roster him or whoever wants to put him in there, I just am concerned that it's a bit of a trap because of the scenario of the pace, the defense, and the, the utilization of Olenek with Wall in there along with Porter and Wood. So... You know, this as much of this as this game could be fun to watch. I'm not crazy about anybody here, and this is probably going to be a contrarian move. But I'm going to pass this game altogether. You know, I'm ready to pass it as well. Uh, wow! With Wall back in the mix, this tough defense, slow pace from Miami. Don't want any. Yeah. Don't want any part of the Rockets tonight. And Olenek is just a little bit too expensive for me, uh, despite the narrative. Yep. Yeah. And then with Miami. Like you said, even if Butler's out, the usage really spreads around, and the guards for Miami are all a little bit more expensive than the other value guards on this slate. So I don't, right. I don't really want to try to guess with those guys. I don't think you need to tonight. Uh, one other note for this rotation, I want to mention: Dwayne Dedman got 15 minutes yesterday, got a double double off the bench, 
And that's not to say that we need to play him, but just a note because Achua didn't play, Bielitsa didn't play. So they're obviously experimenting with different things there to get ready for the playoffs. And I think he's, if he does ever get a spot start, then he's a guy to really keep an eye on because he's back now and and he can really do some damage with some blocks and even some three-pointers. He's a double-double waiting to happen, as he proved yesterday. No doubt. All right, Coach, this next 8 o'clock game, I will have some exposure here. It's Oklahoma City in Washington. Oh, wow. Take on the lovable Wizards. Uh, They are 10.5-point favorites tonight, 229.5 total. We've got the number one pace in the NBA with the Wizards. They're they're below-average defense. OKC is also below-average defense. They're 24th, and they're good pace. They're 8th. So great game yeah. environment. It's just a matter of can can guys actually make baskets. On the OKC side, back-to-back for them. Uh, close loss to Toronto last night. Dort did his thing again. Uh, w- this will be a key piece of news here. Does he play? He was questionable yesterday. Ended up playing, uh, but a back-to-back. He's been sitting some here recently. So that's a big turning point for OKC. We already know that Shea and Horford Muscala are still out. Josh Hall is questionable. He's been on the fringes of the rotation. With Washington, we've got Rui out. Uh, Alex Len, questionable. And Bertans is back in the mix after missing a game. So with this great pace and bad defense, I want to get some exposure here. Uh, The turning point will be Dort. If he sits, I think you can look at uh, Teo Maladon, who has had some big games lately when Dort is out. When Dort's been playing lately, he's really been dominating the ball, and and Maladon's taking a back seat. So Maladon becomes in play, and you could look at one of the backup guards, uh, Svi, Mikhailuk, who might actually start if Dort is out. He's really cheap. Ty Jerome will have a nice uh, boost in usage, uh, 3K range off the bench. So those are the guys I'm looking at, Uh, one of these OKC guards, uh, Pokashevsky, you know, decent option. Um, not my favorite play tonight. Then with Washington, I think you can get to Westbrook here. And coach, if you're looking for a triple double here on your birthday, how about yeah. seven of the last eight games? Russ He's has been absolutely smashed out of a triple double. Just craziness. Yeah. I got a million dollar question for you though, because okay. it, it's going to change my entire slate. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look until I find an answer. Is Dort gonna guard Westbrook or Beal? Because I think Dort plays. Well, uh, interesting. Um, Putting hmm. you on the spot because that—that's worth everything right there to me. Yeah, that is a that is a great question. I think he would. I'm going to say he would guard Westbrook. Okay. Because um, I was leaning Beal, so that even confuses me more. I it, it could. I agree with you. It could go either way, but I think that's the key piece of news there because they don't have another guard that can guard the other guy. So, right. You know, Maladon, Svi, uh, Ty Jerome, all these guys, none of them can even think about staying with Westbrook or Beal. So it's going to be, you know, the other guy should have a feast. And uh, we know that Dort can really agitate the other one. So, man, that that's a piece of news we got to find, I hope. And yeah, we can I, find it. it's a great question. I, I would lean Westbrook because I think they use somebody with a little more length, whether it's Pokashevsky or um, somebody else against Beal which is going to be a tough matchup. So, I mean, they're both in great spots, uh, no doubt about it. And it's an island game for Washington, which is nice. So uh, I I think it is wise to get one of those guys out there. And then with Rui out, I think Denny Avdia comes into play. Bertans is in play. He's cheap on both sides. And your boy Gafford, how about that? With uh, Len questionable, will you go back to Gafford? A hundred percent, man. I, mm-hmm. He's my center tonight. You know, uh, on, on, if I don't go with Embiid and on sites where I can play too, it's going to be Embiid and Gafford. I, You know, it's just a matter of time before Gafford starts getting 30 minutes a game and, and, and going to be a key player for them. I mean, just listen to their games, the announcers. Listen, look at their bench when he's on the floor. I mean, he creates a whole different uh, situation for them. I know you know, Len and, and Lopez are still getting minutes, and we have to watch Lopez throw in that half-baked, like, 80-year-old man hook shot. And he just – I know he, he hustles, but this is going to be Gafford's spot. And in a, in a game like this with the pace being what it is 
And, you know, one thing that's happened with Oklahoma City, Andrew, is when they were winning some games and at least hanging in there, their defense was in in the low teens, 16, 17. They plummeted to 24th and going down. So they're all of a sudden, even though Dort can lock down his guy, the rest of the team's just not getting it done defensively, including Teo Maladon. I know he's young, but he just doesn't have the the you know experience to get it done. So here's the thing. If Dort sits, I'm paying up for Westbrook and Beal and and just gonna, you know, go with it. Because I did that the last game. I did end up going with those two after I said it's hard to play them both, but because of the scars, stars and scrubs lineups we're able to put together with half the league sitting, uh, you know, you can do it. And I don't see, I really don't see a guy on Oklahoma City that can guard those two guys other than Dort. So, but again, I have Dort placed in right now, and determining which guy he guards will be the key to this slate for me. And uh, and then I'm going to play the heck out of the other guy. You're right, though, as far as a guy that can deliver a birthday uh, birthday boy triple-double, it is Westbrook. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely out of his mind. And uh, But if Dort guards him and they let Beal you know, run free with a, an island game, he'll drop 40, 45 real points without even thinking about it. So uh, definitely excited for this game. Um, Going to have uh, Gafford, either Westbrook or Beal, Maybe even both, if depending on the Dort news. And then on the Oklahoma City side, you know, the guy that I'm high on right now, and I like the matchup here, and people aren't playing him, is Darius Baisley. He is explosive. He's getting more and more uh, usage. He can hit threes. He dropped three threes in a row the last game. And I know Roby and Brown are playing minutes, and, and there's some rotation at the bigs. But Baisley can play the 3-4 or 5 without any problem. He's a 3-4 player, uh, but you know his size, his explosiveness, I think will just eat uh, Avdia and Berton's lunch, uh, whereas at least Hashimura, I think, would have stuck with him a bit. So I'm high on Baisley this game on that side of the ball, and uh, Westbrook and Beal, uh, and and Gafford. Now, if Dort plays and it has no limits restriction, the dude is scoring the ball. I got to give him credit now. It's consistently happening that he's not just a defensive stopper. I mean, he has been their leading scorer on multiple occasions uh, of recent days. So, you know, he has to be in consideration as well. So, I agree with you. I think this is the key game. This is the game that I'm going to stack the most. And uh, I think it will be, uh, the if you have the right guy spotted in here, could be the, the game that gets you over the top. Excellent. All right, well, we've got some other stars in the next 8 o'clock game. Phoenix in Milwaukee. Great matchup yeah. here of top teams in each conference. 233.5 total. Milwaukee favored by 3. And it is an island game for both teams. And Milwaukee off until Thursday, which is kind of nice. Boston in the same situation, uh, as are the Lakers here coming up, um, which is kind of rare, you know, in this condensed schedule. For Um, sure. Nader still out for Phoenix. Oh, well, that ruins the slate for I know it. I know it. (laughs) And then with Milwaukee, uh, DiVincenzo is questionable. He missed the last game with a toe injury. So a high total here, great pace from Milwaukee, but great defenses on both sides too. I'm taking the under. I, I, I think these teams can lock people down. I don't know why that number is so high. It scares me. But, uh, you know, I just – I'm not crazy about this game because you've got uh, guys that are priced up all over the place here. Paul, Booker, um, Holiday, Middleton, Giannis – and even Aiton are a little bit high priced. And this just seems like a playoff atmosphere kind of game. One of those, you know, games where it's holiday grinding against Paul, two really good, strong, defensive, experienced point guards running the show. So it's not going to get haphazard or out of control, a lot of turnovers, a lot of, I don't see, a you know, did you see, I, I am blown away by this stat. Chris, this is the best stat of the NBA season this far. 
this the, to this point. Starting yesterday's Phoenix game, was it yesterday that Phoenix played? Or the uh, day it was, was it yesterday? Two days ago, they played the Spurs. Yeah. Okay. Well, going into that game, in the last four games prior to that game, and I don't know what the final stats were in that game, what do you think Chris Paul's turnover to assist ratio was in the four previous games? Well, Take if, a it, guess. If, it's, if it stands out that much, probably like eight to one. Guess what? This is a true stat. Look it up. In those four games, he had 40 assists and one turnover. That's awesome. 40 to 1. 40 to 1. <laughs> How is that possible? That's so, tough. That's a veteran right the there. Whatever the stats were in that game, and, and I was watching that game, he had no uh, turnovers uh, in the second into the second quarter and, and three assists. So he was at 43 to 1 at that point. So you talk about a guy that is, I mean, that's historic. Nobody does that. He leads uh, the league uh, career-wise in assist-to-turnover ratio. First team Hall of Famer, but forty-three to one—I mean, impossible. So, my point being to bring that up is, you know, Holiday's smart player as well. I think these guys run the show. I think it's it's under control. I think it's a lot of half-court sets, and uh, you know, I I really don't like this game from the DFS standpoint. Certainly going to watch it from the NBA standpoint, but there's other reasons I, I'm not crazy about this game. Giannis is Giannis. He's phenomenal. Two-time MVP. He's terrific. He doesn't look right to me. I think that he's playing at about 75-80%. He doesn't have the consistent explosiveness. He's getting pushed off the block. Uh, he just he, there's something wrong there. I don't know if it's his health, if he's bored, if you know, if he doesn't think this, you know, he's maybe, you know, my thought is he stayed there, signed the long contract. They built up the team to win it. And now he probably thinks, how the hell are we going to get past Brooklyn? We have no no chance to get through through those all-stars and everybody else. This is me just totally, you know, being coach here and not having any substantial uh, knowledge of any of this. But I'm just trying to get inside his head because I've seen at least three or four games now. I know he missed. He was hurt. So it could just strictly be that he's not feeling 100% body-wise, but I don't see the flying, explosive tip dunks, and, you know, he's getting it done because he's Giannis, but I'm not going to be playing him for the distant future until I see that he's back to his own personality, and he's either feeling great or his head's right back on, but I'm I'm just not going there because he's always going to be like the highest-priced guy on the slate. And again, it's this scenario that, you know, we always talk about, you know, can you can you really spend 11-3 and 11-5 and all these numbers on guys like Giannis and Luca when they, you know, have a great game, get to 55 or 56 and they're not even 5x. So, you know, it's can you afford that or some I think on the smaller slates, you can't really sacrifice those big numbers. But when you have a nine-game slate like this, and with Giannis playing against a really, really good Phoenix defense, you know, if he gets 45 or 50, that's considered to me a, a decent game. He's he's nowhere close to his number as far as value. So, you know, I, I'm passing there completely. Uh, even Middleton in this game, Mikael Bridges is a is a damn good defender. Jay Crowder's a great defender. Uh, you know, I, I don't like the matchup. I like the, the atmosphere that the game's going to be. Um, you know, DiVincenzo's a dog defensively. So if he's in, I think that helps against Booker and takes him off the, the board for me. But if he doesn't play, that could be the spot. You know, the, Booker will eat up Forbes, I think. And I think Booker could be the solo play out of this game if DiVincenzo sits. Um, you know, and they'll bring Connaughton off the bench. And, you know, the only time that Booker will struggle is when Paul sits and Holiday switches over to him. But Booker's expensive, but he'd be my only play for this game. And, and I'm interested to see how this <clears throat> this one plays out. Yeah, it should be a great game to watch. And I think Booker is probably the, the son I would be most likely to play as well. On the Milwaukee side, Giannis is in play for me. Uh, like that he's got 20 minutes in the last game, almost had a triple-double, and he, he definitely hasn't been Giannis that we know and love when he's 
completely smashing. Uh, but he was awesome against Phoenix when they played earlier. They just don't have an answer for his size. Aiton wasn't enough. You know, when you've got a guy like Crowder as the power forward, he is awesome defensively, and he's one of the few guys in the NBA at that size who can guard guys like Giannis and at least slow them down a little bit. But, you know, with, with the lob game and, and Giannis, you know, his incredible ability to get to the basket, uh, I, I just don't think Aiton's quite enough to protect that rim. So he's in play for me. Um, okay. But it's, it is, you know, not ideal that uh, holiday and Middleton will be out there as well. Uh, Cause he was great against Phoenix earlier in the season, but drew holiday did not play in that one. So, and that's a big difference for sure. Big difference but for sure. You could be right. I mean, it's, there's no question. I mean, it's, it's hard to ever tell anybody not to play Giannis, but you know, I think Monty Williams will have Crowder just laying on him like crazy and then try to get some backside help from Aiton and some of the other bigs. But we'll see. We'll see. Looking forward to it. All right, two games left. We move to 9 o'clock. Uh, this is the, be the, the after-hour slate. Uh, so good time to invite folks in if you want to join us, join us today and help celebrate Coach's birthday. Take advantage of our main slate lineups and after-hours lineups on FanDuel. We give out... Full cash lineups, GPP lineups. We give out a full Yahoo lineup, the DraftKings Coaches Clipboard. Uh, just go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Jump in with us with whichever length of time you want for a membership. And all of those are all access to all of our sports. So sign up today. We'll send you an email, get you into our Discord, and we give out the lineups about 20 to 30 minutes before lock. And then we stay there with you in Discord throughout the night, following the news and making any necessary pivots. Which so, is, is extremely necessary with this volatile NBA right now. No and that can make it. the difference of taking stuff down, as it did for you on your birthday last week with the, you know, the big hits. The 121K was all, you know, you made some late pivots and decisions that brought you over the top. And when you win, you know, when those kind of tournaments, you got to make those right moves at the at the last uh Late game time. That's right. Yeah, we pivoted to Porter Jr. right in the middle of the slate, and that was the right. difference. It uh, was. So, yeah, uh, join us today. Any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, say happy birthday to Coach at J O E S A R V A D I. And you can follow me at Language Olympic. And remember, I'm, I'm going for $121,001 right. today. <laughs> All right, so we've got Memphis and Denver at 9 o'clock. The yeah, fighting Joe Stanton's favored by six and a half over yeah. under here, 227. Lots of news here with Memphis. Uh, Joe Val is out. Jaron yeah. Jackson Jr. is doubtful, coach. He is getting closer. It's getting, wow. I know that's return. huge for the Grizz. And yeah. then we have Brandon Clark, Melton, and Winslow also questionable. So if all those guys are out, uh, we are looking at most likely Xavier Tillman as a starter, and I like him here as a potential value. He's really cheap. Earlier in the season when Joe Val missed a handful of games, he was the starter. And at that time, Memphis had Gorgie Jang, remember. So they were basically yeah. splitting minutes. But I think there's a good chance Tillman gets 30 minutes or so because they don't have an experienced backup like Gorgie Jang anymore. They've got Killian Tilly, Jonte Porter. Yep. So I think Tillman is a, is a good value play here. Kyle Anderson is in play for me. If Brandon Clark is out again, he was great against Milwaukee, eight, eight, and eight last game. Uh, he's showing his versatility. Uh, so you could go with one of those guys, even though it's a a slow pace here with Denver. They're twenty ninth. Uh, Memphis is quick. They're seventh. So uh, that that'll balance out. And then with Denver, we have Monte Morris out, coach. So it's Composo time. I know. Uh, potentially. Joe's all excited. He forced us to use the Composo thumbnail today. I know. So when he you did. look this up, you'll see Mr. Composo's chops right on He's there. He's right there in action. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, FanDuel and DraftKings, I think they saw that thumbnail and they said, well, we better price up Composo here. Something's going on. I was so mad that that happened. I can't <laughs> believe they actually both. Usually one of them will react, right. but not both of them. Yeah, 47 and 43 makes it kind of borderline. Because uh, he's not he's not averaging a fantasy point per minute. So a no. uh, real tough analysis there. And again, there are lots of guards on this slate. On the after-hour slate, uh, he becomes much harder to pass up. But yeah. He'll uh, be chalky on the after-hours. Yep. Yeah. 
Then we've got Jokic. Uh, speaking of pay up centers, who's that? Who, I don't. Uh, I don't know he's that guy. This MVP candidate. Oh, uh, that big, that big giant guy that yeah, was real chubby shoots, as a kid. Yeah, he shoots threes <laughs> that touch the roof and go in without touching the rim, and then he has backwards passes, setting up his teammates every night. He's just, he's worth the price of admission just by himself. He really is. Uh, so Jokic is in play for me as well. Um, you know, with all these guys out, uh, he just you know the offense is going to run through him. And then PJ Dozier is another value play here off the bench. I think he's going to really benefit without Morris, without Murray. Uh, he'll have a, a good opportunity to to have the ball in his hands for that second unit. So um, not the highest total on the game uh, on the board here, but some moving pieces where I could end up with a couple guys from this one. Yeah, do you have Dylan Brooks as questionable? I don't have him as questionable. Okay, I have him as questionable from the the one site. So I need, I'd like to know, get some some uh, clarification on him. Uh, so I'll be watching that because that's an important piece because he's their best defender, and you know I think that changes their rotation. And also, uh, he he takes a decent amount of shots. So um, I want to I want to get that news for sure, but. You know, Jaws played well. Uh, Compasso's a pest, though, defensively. He That'll give him. You know, he gets uh, on people's nerves. Now, his speed isn't going to be able to stay with, with Jaw by any stretch. So, you know, that alone, I think, makes, you know, Jaw uh, a possibility here. I think that the way he's playing and the fact that, uh, you know, they may even try a little Will Barton on Jaw at times. I'm not sure. We'll see how that goes because... I could see Composo switching over to Grayson Allen. But, uh, you know, I'm not crazy about this game in a nutshell. Um, I know Tillman is going to be pretty highly owned, especially on the after hours. But he'll also get play as a super pay down center that should get big minutes. No, no doubt about it. And he's, you know, th- th- he's good. I mean, he when he filled in in the past. You know, he's not just a guy that, that runs around out there. He gets rebounds. He, he finishes some shots. He's got some decent post moves. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's a bad play at all. It's just for the overall main slate, it's going to be hard uh, to fit him into my lineup. But he's certainly within consideration. Uh, and, you know, I think he deserves that uh, at that price. Because if, if you are going stars and scrubs, he can be one of the guys that makes it work. Um, after that, you know, I'm really concerned about a blowout here, Andrew, with I, I just don't think Memphis can hang with Denver the way they're playing. Yeah, they're, they they lost Murray and they now they lost more. So their backcourt depth is thin, but it just seems like they're they're so tough with, you know, Barton, Gordon, Porter and, and the Joker and then a couple of their veterans off the bench. Um, they. They are primed. I, I think they are a very, very dangerous team. And depending on how long, uh, you know, we've got Mitchell out with Utah, I think Denver's the team that's going to try to chase him down. So there you go, Joe. Uh, there, that's that. You got to love that uh, commentary on your Nuggets. But uh, I think they're dangerous. I think this game could get a little bit uh, out of hand. And Denver has been sharing uh, the the wealth there. Um, but Murray's usage, it was down anyway. Cause if you know, you noticed, you know, recently had, had played quite as many minutes. They were getting a lot of run from Compazzo and some of the other guys and Morris, you know, so he was getting, his usage wasn't like it was last year by any stretch. So it's not like it's the most massive impact on Denver that a bunch of people are going to get a lift, uh, in their exposure. But, you know, you have, you have to be. Uh, stupid if you don't mention that that the Joker's got to be you know considered in your player pool. I mean, Memphis is so short-handed at the bigs, you know, with no Joe Val Clark uh, probably out, and then Triple J not being back yet. I mean, he he should be able to do whatever he wants, but you know who knows? He may just playmate the whole time out at the top of the key. So uh, dangerous guy. If the game stays close, the Joker could be the highest scorer on the slate. If it blows out and they just have their way, you know, he may not even make value. So I do think it's a bit of a risk reward kind of thing. Right now, I have him penciled as my GPP center, but not in my main line for all of those reasons that I just mentioned. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, this is the game on the slate that concerns me the most regarding how long it stays competitive and how many minutes those guys get. Uh, Capazzo, great for the after hour slate because of the big minutes that he'll get. But like you said, you know, when you're at 0.7 uh, points per fantasy minute, uh, that's not quite going to get it done on a nine game slate when you need the best of the best. So not I don't think I'm going to go there uh, on the overall slate. So not my favorite game, but, you know, you got to consider the, the Jokic factor and decide what you want to do from there. All right, coach. Last game of the night. It's only one at 10 o'clock. Utah in L.A. for the second ESPN game, 214 and a half total. Yeah. Utah favored by six and a half, and we've got Donovan Mitchell still out of course. Conley and Gobert, who sat out the Saturday game against the Lakers, should, right. should be back out there. We now have Ilyasova and uh, Favors questionable. And then on the Lakers side, probable tags for Drummond, Schroeder, Markeith Morris, and Gasol. So anything left here for the last game? Wow, this is a complicated game. How about Ilyasova? They dust yep. him off. The dude's out of the league, and then he drains six threes in a row, I think, or five out of six out of seven, some craziness. But uh, good for him, man. But now he uh, he they might have, his shoulders probably iced from all the shots. Right. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why he's sitting. Uh, you know, it's a tough game. I mean, the pace is bad. You know, the defense is great. I mean, you, you know, you can't get two better defenses here. You know, Drummond against Gobert inside. You know, it's it's a tough call. I mean, I I think the defense of Utah with their main guys back uh, just dives way back up. I don't think L.A. will have some of the success that they had in that last game, uh, you know, with the main guys back in. Oh, it's time to play your uh, something, baseball. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's a tough call here. I it's hard to really, you know, use this game as a, a main game, just because of the defensive prowess. And there's enough guys playing on both teams now that the ball is going to be shared. You know, Mitchell's usage is huge, especially in the fourth quarter. He was in the top three in the league in fourth quarter efficiency and finishing games. So, you know, but the thing is that doesn't just go to one guy. I mean. It was great to see uh, Clarkson, Clarkson steps up, up the last game, but now with Conley in there and Ingles, Bogdanovich, those guys are all capable scorers, capable of big shots, and certainly Gobert in the paint changes the whole makeup of how their offense runs. So, you know, I, I respect the defenses on both teams, and uh, this is not a game that I'm going to target. I want to see how all the news breaks out because – one thing that's been happening with Utah Laker games that we've been getting late news, somebody sits or somebody's ruled in. And, you know, if I, I have no problem playing a guy from this game that's medium price, you know, on DraftKings, put him in the utility spot and then seeing how things play out and, and then rotating from him to another player in this game or in one of the other two later games. So I think you can leave yourself a little leeway there, but I don't think targeting or stacking this game is a good idea in any sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll have some a decent exposure to it in the after-hour slate, but on the main slate, it is most likely a pass for me. Uh, too much defense here, not enough pace, and uh, too many guys, too many stars uh, with regular price tags. Uh, so just not not where I'm looking, but... I am looking forward to the rest of the day here, Coach, building some lineups with you. Uh, yeah. Hope the rest of your birthday is great. want to invite folks who like what they see here to, to like the channel on YouTube, subscribe, and and all that, and appreciate everybody's support. Um, but, Coach, I just want you to wrap it up here for us and uh, see if we can you know, help you get a great birthday and uh, look forward to building some lineups with you tonight. Well, I appreciate that, man. And, and you know, for me, this birthday is all about just being thankful. I mean, I, I'm thankful uh, for my family. I'm gonna, I'm going to Top Golf tonight with my kids. They're all taking me there. That's gonna be a blast. I will be watching though. I'm gonna be watching all the player news, so don't worry about that. I'll be making switches from there. But uh, just really thankful for my family. Thankful for the my Coach Talk family, you and the rest of our Coach Talk team. Uh, it's just, it's just been a blast, you know, sharing the podcast each day and 
uh, seeing the success that a lot of our members are having. And it's just wonderful. I'm, I'm really enjoying life right now. Uh, thankful for, for everybody around and really appreciate all the well wishes. And uh, glad I made it through the two bouts of COVID, the shots. It's been a hell of a year. Yes, sir. So this this going forward this year is going to be a healthy one. Uh, I'm, you know, pray to God and knock on wood both. Uh, but uh, very, very excited. It's going to be a great day. It's sunny here in Dallas. Uh, nice, cool temperatures and just loving it. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you to our Coach Talk team, all our members, and even our, you know, non-members that are listeners. Love you guys. Appreciate it. On your way out the door here, please hit that thumbs up, the subscribe button. Click that little alert so you can catch us uh, each uh, podcast every day. So thanks again. Really appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Well, on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, thank you for joining us. Happy birthday, coach. And we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.